0: And now for something completely different. fast Forget everything you've been told by others before. Get ready for the real deal. The full story. Real talk about money. Markets. Life. Now, it's The Real Investment Show. Presented by RIA Advisors. Inmates are running
1: the show. Welcome to Financial Fitness Friday, everybody. I'm Rich Rosso, CFP, here with Danny Ratliff, also certified financial planner, certified financial planners squared, if you will. So we appreciate you being here. Uh, futures are relatively flat this morning. There's a lot of data coming out today. What uh, is especially going to be important is average hourly earnings. As Powell moves away from his transitory talk to more permatory when it comes to inflation, wages tend to be sticky. So we're looking at anywhere from 5% expected, 4.9% was in October. Still not really keeping up with the real rate of inflation versus CPI, because everything is pretty much up double digits. So... Danny, you know, as we, that's going to be, I think, the big indicator for next year. Where does wage growth go? At the labor force participation rate, I don't even think you were – you might have been in diapers the last time it was at 61.6%. <clears throat> so um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the labor force participation rate next year. So we talked about this on the show last year, how inflation – was probably gonna be a little bit longer, and what did we do? We raised the overall level of inflation on all our plans, right, to about 2.5%. In other words, we look at inflation here on a goal-by-goal basis, whether it's healthcare, new car, whatever it is. But there's a general run rate, and that's 2%, and we changed it to 2.5. Well, the OECD, expects inflation to be above the U.S. Federal Reserve's 2% target at 2.5% 2023. We, We nailed it, Danny. We just have to prepare clients better for what might be some maybe not transitory, maybe not structural, something in between, because we know when Mondelez raises the price on Oreos, they don't go ahead and lower them again.
2: Well, they also start taking them out of the package as well. so <laughs> they you make have them fewer smaller. And fewer. Yeah. But, you know, that is an interesting point. So we, we've discussed how it is so important to attach some type of inflation rate to different types of goals. And so, you know, looking at a financial plan, an impact from actually 2% to 2.5% can be rather significant. Absolutely. So we actually need to see some type of wage growth that is sustainable for this to really have some legs i think if not you know we're going to see some some bigger issues when the fed does begin to raise interest rates there's going to be other problems that will be associated with that move which we've seen already
1: right and and we know the supply chain issues will work themselves out and we will see inflation on certain goods drop off however as a piece i wrote a a few weeks ago um michael's written michael leibowitz a lot on inflation um I just think that we're setting ourselves up for more of a headwind, especially with energy prices as our infrastructure. Ironically, as the weather gets uh, more unstable, whether it's, you know, a global situation or not, global warming or whatever it is, there's some form of climate change that's happening where weather is changing. You actually need more dependable energy source, and we seem to be in our own way. So you're going to see higher prices in items. And of course, once wages go up, though, that's what we call the sticky. Inflation, so that's going to be interesting to see. Now we see a lot of companies moving more toward technology. I think Denny's has got like a new pancake flipping robot. I'd like to see that if he's wearing a little cap. Impressive. Yeah, Uh, McDonald's has got a burger flipping. Uh, No, I think Denny's was a server, electronic servers. So that'll be that'll be interesting to see. Companies are going to learn to adjust with this. They have to maintain their margins. Um, unfortunately, I did have an idea that didn't go over well because Michael Witnitsky, who runs Dollar Tree, you know, now they're not Dollar Tree, they're dollar25 tree. Ah. Uh, but I said that he should have it as a dollar23 tree, and they said, don't email me anymore, uh, because it just rhymes better. Dollar <laughs> Twenty Three tree
2: did Did he fire his marketing department upon receiving the email? Nobody saying?
1: sent me a death threat, I think ah, OK. <laughs> Yeah, so interesting story. Dollar General, um, they're based out of Tennessee. They're going to open a thousand new stores, but these are going to be for the wealthier suburban shoppers. So, is it really Dollar General? Is it Dollar Four Star General? So, how how do you change your your
2: I don't know inventory? And mm -hmm. I'm interested to see if there's other. Mm -hmm. Is it like five and
1: five below? Because it's going to be called Pop Shelf. Yeah. And they're going to have 30 pop shelf stores in six states. And they're going to have, I mean, again, so I don't know how they go from this and then they raise it. See, that's their way of coming around the inflation curve. Like, we're going to put this for wealthier. We're going to put this in suburban places. And we can't really call it Dollar General. We're going to call it pop shelf. And the goods will be, I don't know what the price points are. What do you think, Brent? Brent's like, I'm not going to pop shelf unless they sell actually. They have- Ice cream pops. It's like the difference between
3: Chevrolets and Cadillacs. <clears throat> it's the same stuff. They're just gonna. Well,
1: that's what I think. they just yeah, they'll mark it up or they'll just have a, a little bit of a higher grade of stuff because yeah. the stores do look a little bit better. Um, but I mean, I just don't know how these Dollar Generals. But Dollar Twenty Three Tree, Michael should have taken me up on that offer. Seems like it makes a lot of sense. So inflation is definitely something to watch. Obviously, markets have been okay with it because hey. When's the last time most major corporations or businesses for that matter, when have they have had pricing power, except let's take Apple out of the equation because people freak out, right? Or Starbucks, they're going to spend $10 on a cup of rancid coffee. So, but- when, have really, overall, have companies had pricing power? Well, like well the they haven't, day? but
2: we've seen kind of the writing on the wall for a while in the sense that <laughs> we've seen, you know, new cars used to be 60 months was like a long, long time for you to finance something. Then it went to 72. Now you can find 10-year financing. Mm-hmm. And so they're finding more creative ways for people to be able to actually still afford a much pricier product, which I think comes back and bites you <laughs> in the rear end later mm-hmm. down the road in a, in a couple of different ways. You know, when you, when you do need to sell a vehicle, when you do need to go purchase something else, um, you're going to want to hold on to things much longer, I think. You will. And so maybe you don't have that that turnover. Now, they created this revenue stream, which I think is going to be beneficial for them. But you're not going to see the turnover that you once had. At least that's what I think. I, I think that may be one of the, the, the mm-hmm. downfalls that we see with some of these moves that are being made now.
1: So this pop shelf is going to be looking to target customers, women who live in suburban areas, have an annual household income. That ranges from fifty thousand to one hundred and twenty-five thousand, roughly nine thousand square feet, and they'll have home goods, seasonal decor, party supplies, velvet pictures of Elvis. No, that's kidding. Okay. Uh, oh, oh, ninety percent of the merchandise will be five dollars or less. See, everything's going to five below. Yeah. Well, This is great.
2: This gives me something new to use with Michelle well, we because should... I give her such a hard time anytime we pass a dollar general. I'm like, look, we could live here, and. You know, she almost drives me off the road, but uh, yeah. So this will be this will be something new I can put in my arsenal with her. Now that would be a sitcom
1: moving into a Dollar General.
2: I don't mean moving into it, but being near one. Hold
1: on now. Well,
2: that that would be.
1: We're gonna we're gonna create a new store called the Ten Pen. We're gonna open that. It's just gonna be goods that are ten dollars and below. I like it. Yeah, you like that? Brent's like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. I really like that a lot. We get back. We're going to talk about Social Security. Will it be here for you? Yes, Lance, we think it will. Yes, Lance, there is a Santa Claus. We'll be right back.
0: You can use delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com.
3: Retirement's not what it used to be. And long-term care could enhance your golden years. The question is not whether you can afford it, but whether you can afford not to have it. Our next virtual lunch and learn will cover the management of long-term care expenses that could make or break your retirement. Join Jonathan Penn and Chris Liebum for the basics of long-term care. Register at realinvestmentadvice.com for our virtual lunch and learn on long-term long-term care. December 9th at noon, realinvestmentadvice.com.
0: The Real Investment Show.
1: Talking about inflation. We're gonna have a nice Social Security adjustment. Cost of living adjustment, 5.9%. But your Medicare part premium is going up 14, part B premium is going up 14.3%. What are you gonna do? Well, one thing that we talk about a lot is demographics. Right? You need people. You need people to continue an economy. It's the lifeblood of it. So when Pew Research survey found that a growing share of U.S. adults don't want kids. Their reasons range from not wanting to have kids, from just wanting to, the concerns about finances, that's always been mine, oh, and climate change, because, you know, the planet may not be here. Um, Around 44% of non-parents aged 18 to 49 say they don't plan to have children in the future. That's an increase of 7%, or 7%. Percentage points from the 37% who said that this said the same in a 2018 survey. 74% of adults younger than 50 who are already parents say they are unlikely to have more kids. There's a baby dearth, Danny. Not in your house, but Japan and China, U.S. This is a problem. And to Lance's point, that is a valid issue. When it comes to how many people you need to be working to pay for an aging demographic in Social Security, don't you think?
2: Yeah. Well, it used to be we had so many workers for like sixteen for every one, one worker, you know, or, or one retiree, excuse me. And so now those numbers have shifted dramatically, and that's going to continue if this trend, you know, is is going to be continue to be a problem. I mean, you've seen China; they used to have a uh, basically a moratorium on how many children you could have, and now they've they've stepped back from that because they see the problem that it the social problems that it's 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 occurring from this right right and so i think that you know i don't know what gives here because it is right i mean i, I think about it all the time all the things we want to do and then i think oh well okay one two three wait no four or five it, it all adds up right and so it's extremely difficult for people to be able to stomach the cost and especially as people are becoming more and more aware about their finances which is a great thing <laughs>
1: It's, the climate change excuse really gets me, though. Is that, yeah. How crazy is that? I just don't want to bring people. I read this story, you know, because Pew Research had a whole study. It's like, I don't want to bring someone into this world that's on fire. Well, I don't know if you're where you're, you know, the hospital isn't. I mean, it, yeah. you know, that part of it, maybe some people shouldn't have children. I totally understand. I understand the finances for it, right? How much does it cost to put a child through college. Like Haley's tuition at Emory, $72,000 a year. Wow. And, I'm, and, and she got a, thank goodness she got a free ride even though I saved for college, right? Yep. I'm like, how do, how do people do this, right? So if you had three kids, four kids, whatever it is, and you gotta put them all through college and feed them and clothe them. I mean, look at the, I mean, I think it's, it was definitely worth it to have a child, but I can see how people say, listen, I, I can't do it. Or, you know, it restrains from my freedom to do other things, like be on Decentraland, you know, to be on social media and be on TikTok, you know, filming videos of me getting in and out of a car or something. You know, it really is the important stuff.
2: Well, but that's a great example of, of easy money and some of the, the the downfalls because of it. And so those are going to be continue to be issues. And it's right. People are having to think about, okay, where do I you know, what do I envision my life to look like? Where I think in the past it was just kind of expected people are going to have children. This is how it goes. Mm-hmm. And now people are saying, Whoa, I mean, this is a lot more expensive than, than what I thought. And you see other people in the, uh, the, the strains that can put on, on families, the, uh, financial burdens. It's, it's, I mean, Hey, I'm not going to per- shy away from it or, you know, tell somebody not to go have children by any means. But I mean, think about this, your, your clients who don't have any kids, Hey, they got a lot more money, don't they? Oh my goodness! <laughs> they're, they're able to sock away I quite tell a bit you, more.
1: To your point, there is a very marked difference in the dollars <laughs> of single couples.
2: <laughs> well, you're able to you're able to save on uh, things and, and, and do things a little bit differently, right? And and that's the thing. I think you know, even with with the children we have, and I think we're pretty frugal with how we live and things we do. It's still, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I look back, you know, looking at a monthly budget, like, whoa, man. I mean, just. Just the simple things have become right. so much more expensive. Oh, you want to play in a soccer league or basketball, baseball? Oh, because you're gonna be in all of that, right? Yeah. It's, and what's that cost? Uh, it's not cheap. Right? Dance
1: then, lessons, piano lessons.
0: But it's not uh, just
2: that. It's the all the the other things that you add on to it, mm-hmm. right? Oh wait, oh you need a you need new shoes, you need a bat, you need a glove, you need it starts adding up extremely quickly. And most mm-hmm. people aren't budgeting for those, you know, the extraneous items. And so I think for the normal household, that can be, that can weigh on it. Now, I don't think most people are thinking about those little things when they're having kids. But they do see the numbers that are put out that says, oh, each child is $250,000 until college. Right.
1: Until college.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I think you could put a price tag on it that's probably much more.
1: Yeah. And listen, you can't, you can't put a dollar value on the benefit the internal benefit of having children, but it is a luxury. Heck, having pets today is a luxury. Every time you go to the vet, it's 200 bucks. I mean, everything today, um, it's tough. So you're seeing demographics decline. That is an issue for Social Security. Um, And there is a focus finally on it, Um, Social Security. There is this um, new act that was introduced, Rep. Al Lawson out of Florida introduced HR 5737, Social Security for Future Generations Act of 2021, all except for Lance Roberts. Mm-hmm. He just added that in. So something we talked about, Danny, the proposal is to call for earnings above 250,000 to be subject to social security tax, right? So we look at the the uh, maximum taxable wage base and next year gonna be 147,000, it rises with inflation. And it would be two hundred fifty thousand in twenty thirty seven, but there's talk to accelerate that. Frankly, I don't, I don't understand why they just probably. Listen, we don't have a payroll cap. Yeah, you, you would think that, they do I, that. I, that. You would think that that would be something that they would just literally, you know, take I,
2: away. I, I don't have a whole lot of confidence that this is going to get through to begin with. It's just like many other bills; they're <laughs> great ideas, but. Typically, there's not a whole lot of follow through. He's been trying to get something done for the last five years. I know. He's and-
1: had a few acts out there Yeah, uh, to do that. But they want to change the index used in the COLA to CPI E versus W. Which I think is great. There is. And what's interesting, though, through the pandemic, it was better off for an older American to use CPI-W than E. So really? go figure that yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right, reconfiguring how you look at the minimum PIA, uh, alternative benefit for surviving spouses, all of this, Social Security actuaries said, this bill, if passed, would extend the trust fund depletion date by 10 years to 2044. Listen, we talk about this all the time. Yes, there's a demographic issue. Yes, there, Social Security needs to be fixed. They are relatively minor fixes right now, raising the full retirement age go back to the 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 mortality tables look at the fact that maybe 67 we just make it 68 Mm -hmm. you take the delayed retirement credit from 70 to 72 uh you take some of the cap off the payroll tax you're fine yeah social security is fine what fixes Uh, it it's it's a very
0: fast
2: fix if you can do these little things now for most people they're going to say hey I'm not. I'm not on board with this. I've been paying in for this this whole time. I want my money, and the issue will be is that people close to retirement will not be impacted by this. But it's going to be the people who are my age, uh, you know, and younger. Really, mm-hmm. is where I think that you're going to see that change. I'm not sure exactly where they're going to draw the line. They've they've historically talked about you know the age 50. Uh, we've heard 55 thrown out there. I think right. 50 is probably more feasible. You have a little bit more time to a little longer runway to to make adjustments and change and save more. But I don't know, Rich. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's surprising. We keep seeing and we hear about the, the labor force participation rate. The demographic, especially amongst those like 65 and older, has been increasing. But, you know, most people are still retiring at, at a younger age, like 63, I think, is the average age. So how does that Lance is an actuary now
1: because he says, we have repeatedly increased tax rates, pushed retirement ages, and it solves the problem for about three years. Uh, hmm. Not sure about that. Now, again, I think to Lance's point, demographics is a big part of this. So if you just get more people working and paying in, that would help. Now, I don't know how to solve that problem, whether you want some sort of intelligent immigration. The point is, if you're retiring today, you're retiring within five years, you're retiring within 10 years, Social Security is gonna be there for you, okay? We have to help you plan properly for it. I don't have a Lance Roberts calculator that goes, you're screwed. And just gets printed out on a page for social security maximization. Um, So that's... (laughs) Can you imagine the Lance Roberts social security maximization program? What that would look like? It's one page. You're effed. (laughs) Move on. Most people depend on it. We've got some new stats, Danny, you'll see in the retirement right lane class. And it's devastating. Yeah surprisingly devastating how many older Americans depend on Social Security.
2: Well, we know the numbers and that's why, you know, I mean, I know there, there could be a looming cut, but how devastating will that be to most households when you think about more than half of
1: retirees rely on it for more than half of their income? Well, before they take it away, I'm going to call Mrs. Roberts. We're going to create the Lance Roberts 10 city in his, on his palatial estate and we're going to have all these tents up for all the people that are off Social Security now and need to be home. You're assuming home. that
2: we can all make it past the moat?
1: We, we, would, we would. Alligators, well, right? That's part yeah. of the infrastructure okay. bill that okay. Biden is passing. Great, Put great. A, p- but you know, the bridge social over Lance's moat. Yeah. May
2: not be, may not look exactly how it looks. But at some mm-hmm. point, there's going to be some type of other social program that's going to provide income. There's not going to be a way that they're going to be able to, yeah, to eliminate Lance, this. And, and
1: Lance says, you know, we're going to continue, you know, not saying it won't get their welfare check. <laughs> he's, he's comparing Social Security to welfare now. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> it's a function of ha- continuing to issue debt. Well, of course, Lance, we we love debt. I heart debt. I got you that shirt for Christmas. We'll be right back with more about Social Security and Medicare and all kinds of fun stuff as Lance trolls YouTube here on <laughs> Financial Fitness Friday.
3: Retirement's not what it used to be, and long-term care could enhance your golden years. The question is not whether you can afford it, but whether you can afford not to have it. Our next virtual Lunch & Learn will cover the management of long-term care expenses that could make or break your retirement. Join Jonathan Penn and Chris Liebum for the basics of long-term care. Register at realinvestmentadvice.com for our virtual Lunch & Learn on long-term care. December 9th at noon, realinvestmentadvice.com.
0: You're listening to The Real Investment Show.
1: Welcome back. Listen, it's not cheap, but I am really thinking of getting a Lance Roberts puppet for the show. So we would have, we would Lance would be here with us on Friday. He'd have my mouth, and that's going to be funny. But um, <clears throat> it, the Lance Roberts puppet we talked Might about that. We're,
2: we're going to get you a Kenfisher one. <laughs> we're going to, yeah. We, we have a, a handful planned, but
1: we, we do. We have it. They're not cheap. I can't get over
2: the cost. That's my issue. <laughs> yeah, they're
1: not cheap. <laughs> Man, they did a prototype. It looked just like Lance, but I'm like, whoa, how much is that? Did that's they, worth more than the it? real Lance. Did they send it to you? No, they sent me a picture. I'll oh, send you the picture. Yeah, yeah I'd like to see yeah, that. It's great. Yeah. Except he had no shirt on. It was disturbing. It was like they didn't get him dressed yet. <laughs> it was like a naked Lance puppet. That's probably how Lance walks around every day. Uh, yeah, anyways. I think he does, probably. So, um, when he's not bowling.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Listen, our bowling shirts, <clears throat> we wear them with pride. Um, long term care. Next year, retirement right link classes refreshed with a lot of new numbers and a lot of new stats. And boy, have long term care costs, or at least the costs of nursing home and assisted living, boy, have they gone up. So on Thursday, December 9th at 12, we're going to be doing a virtual free Zoom webinar, the Lunch and Learn, on Can You Afford Not to Have Long-Term Care? And that's going to be with uh, Chris Liebham and John Barrymore Penn. Uh, So tune in for that. You know, when we plan for long-term care, Danny, it's always a process. I never understand how people just purchase long-term care insurance without a financial plan coupled to it, because how much do I know that do I need? Do I need it, right? There are gonna be times, most of the time, I will tell you with couples, and they don't have a legacy intent to preserve the estate, uh, many times they they might need just maybe one person insured or not need it at all, depending on the assets they have. So it's very difficult for people, I think, well, I don't think it's difficult for people. I just think it's it's difficult for me to comprehend how do I purchase insurance if I don't know if I need it. And then, then if I think I need it, how much do I need? And that's where um, your financial plan makes a lot of sense.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think a shift is coming here, Rich. You know, historically, it's been just that we've had somebody and a lot of times it's a salesman who says, hey, this is how much this cost is you know, you start to think about it, or maybe you go through it and you see a loved one have these experiences and you say, oh my gosh, I need to do as much as I can right now to protect my family, protect assets, create a legacy. Right. And you, you go for it. And unfortunately, it needs to be kind of, we need to back into these numbers. And I do believe there's a shift coming. And I, I think this is going to be with all insurance, Rich, in the sense that it's not going to be just, you know, okay, this is what I need because this is what I've been told. But I think it's going to, evolve around that financial plan, about, around having that partnership between the two. And this can even go with, with property and casualty, with you know, your umbrella policy, with so many different things on the risk management side, that to really get a good understanding on how to protect yourself mm-hmm. and your family. And so the long-term care aspect though is, is one of those things that we historically
1: seen that's just not done properly. Well, and there have been studies that show people are becoming much more receptive to risk mitigation. Mm -hmm. through the pandemic, right? They've seen people pass away, they've seen people get sick, they've seen businesses dry up and die. So you realize that there are some risks you cannot absorb. So I think people have become more reflective of their own financial situation and it allows for those conversations to occur, right? And we are an extremely litigious society. So if you Mm -hmm. have a lot of assets, I bet a lot of people who, who listen to this show they're sort of debt averse, uh, unlike everybody else, and they have accumulated assets. Now, how do I protect them, right? That, how do I protect an income stream? How do I protect for a legacy? How do I protect if someone trips on my, you know, in my driveway uh, or I have an auto accident, right? Uninsured motorists in this town is absolutely necessary, okay? Yeah. So um, you, I think to your point, Danny, where those conversations are sort of uncomfortable. We don't wanna deal with an injury, dealing about we might be injured or we might die, but I think people are more open to it now. The key to it though is not just go out and purchase. The key is to plan it first and then figure out how much you need, right? And then you wind up saving yourself money in the long term. I met with a couple the other day. They had the bells to whistles long-term care policy, right? We ran a plan for them, Danny, and I said, You know, you're like overinsured. Yeah. Because you have these assets, this. They went, Oh my gosh, I never really thought about it. Now I said, I don't think you should stop it. They're not bad policies. But what I want to help you understand is that you are, you, you know, you are overinsured for long term care. You're going to completely preserve your estate now, which means what we had to do, and they don't have a legacy intent is to say, well, maybe that money we were going to use for long-term care, since you are paying these premiums, you can go and spend you're going to have to spend areas. more money. Yeah. I mean, that's not a bad thing, Yeah, but they are overinsured, and their premiums are pretty hefty.
2: Well, that's the unfortunate mm-hmm. thing is that it it's so difficult to right-size these things if you don't know the full big picture. You, right. I mean, how, how do you go into these things and just say, <laughs> you know, and it's just like the the rule of thumb. It used to be like nine times um, yeah, for know, income life for life insurance. insurance. Yeah. But it never really factored in the debt. So people look online and go, go sign up. But you didn't factor in. Okay, well, how old are your children? What type of debt do you have? When does that? Uh, when do you pay these off? You know, those are things that I think are extremely important. That it needs to be an across-the-table discussion. It needs to be something that you know there's a there's a full understanding from a holistic perspective on any of these items when you purchase. And you do it right. You do it the right way.
1: You do it the right way. And you wind up saving money because you wind up targeting the payment to what you actually need versus overpaying for something. That's important. Um, There are people that need to – I think if people have a legacy intent, they want to preserve their estate for others, that could be a key to purchasing insurance of some form, right? Right. Uh, or we don't have a lot of assets, and we have longevity risk in our family, right? People are going to live longer, like you have in your family, Danny, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to prepare for that risk of living longer if your assets are not going to make it, whether it's a guaranteed income stream where you have to create your own pension, whether you're maximizing Social Security to wait to age 70. Um, I have a dear client of mine for 25 years. She has longevity in her family. She just started Social Security at 70, right? Right. Her payment's like $3,800 a month, $3,800, $3,900 a month. And she's like, thank you. You know, she's in great health for 70. I know she's going she's gonna to beat out the mortality tables. She's got another 20, 25 years. Right, and, and yeah. her mom was 104 years old. Wow. So, um, you know, she's got a nice check coming in from Social Security because she waited and she has been working. Up until this point, so you've got a plan for longevity risk. But I really agree with you, and the studies are now showing Pew Research and others that people are more receptive. I'm writing a piece right now for the Lance's for the blog about how this time of year, holiday time, people are more receptive to conversation about their mortality, right? Because you unpack a box of ornaments, you know, time stands still, mm-hmm. right? Maybe your dad or your mom gave this to you and they're no longer here. Grandpa gave me this, right? Things last so much longer. You get to deal with the fact that someday your, your children are gonna be sitting at a table. You're not gonna be there. Yeah. But some of the decisions you've made are gonna be like a ghost that sits at that table. If That's you're right. not handling it properly, if you're not handling the conversation properly and you're letting your estate plan, cold hard documents talk for you after you pass, so this is a piece I'm writing right now. Um, so conversations about insurance are important, um, and but always do the planning first. This virtual workshop is going to give you an overview of what is long-term care, how can you fund it, what kinds of insurance out there, because guess what? We talk about it all the time. How many providers of long-term care insurance are there now?
2: Oh, not not nearly as many as there used to be. I mean, it used to be back in the uh, 80s, 90s, almost oh, was 100. I, right. There was like 10. 10? Yeah. And, ten and, and I
1: bet if we look today, it'd be less than
2: that. Well, right? and there's probably only a handful that you actually want to use.
1: Right. And, and again, it's expensive um, and you have to budget for it. So, but there are all, and you may not pass underwriting. So right. like, for example, I have a hybrid policy, like we, which is really just an insurance policy that allows long-term care benefit. Mm-hmm. Right. So some of the underwriting is not as austere as, Right is the insurance, but I also leave a legacy for my daughter, right? So if I don't use it, I have her as a beneficiary. That's a nice little feature where if I I wind up not using this money, at least she gets it. Correct. So there are many ways to capture long-term care if you need coverage, but that's like the last decision. It's the spend down, what could you do? before you even need insurance and that's what a plan will show you
2: yeah and I I think that's important to understand the spin down and the the autonomy or or I guess the tiers like how do you actually break it down yeah where do you spend money from first and we do that on a on a regular basis when thinking about distribution planning how do you you know how do you withdraw from certain accounts and different assets now not everybody has the the luxury of being able to do that a lot of people just have everything in pre-tax and this is the way it is right but we are seeing that people are becoming a lot more astute with funding and putting funds in different places from a contribution perspective, right? which I think down the road is going to be a, a significant advantage that the people will have in their, their pocket to help mitigate additional taxes, those stealth taxes we discussed, and then hopefully be able to pay for some of those other expenses without having to pay taxes, and then increase other areas like Medicare surcharge, things of that nature.
1: Yep. When we get back, we're going to talk about withdrawals from Roth IRAs, Medicare, and You've heard of Elf on a Shelf. Now get ready for Dolly on a Tamale. Brent always leaves these cute things for me. That's pretty funny.
2: Dolly on a Tamale. We'll be right back.
0: Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. Retirement's not what it used to be,
3: and long-term care could enhance your golden years. The question is not whether you can afford it, but whether you can afford not to have it. Our next virtual Lunch & Learn will cover the management of long-term care expenses that could make or break your retirement. Join Jonathan Penn and Chris Liebum for the basics of long-term care. Register at realinvestmentadvice.com for our virtual Lunch & Learn on long-term care. December 9th at noon, realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real
0: investment. Show.
1: Now, JP on YouTube, because we do have a YouTube channel. Join the conversation. We have a lot of fun. Lance trolls us. We troll Lance. We troll Lance. It's all out of love. It's all out of love. Um, so JP says, you know, he took care of his dad. Yeah. Now. You just cannot assume. Well, first of all, we talked about the baby dearth. So not gonna be enough kids to take care of you. But I have people that'll come to me and go, Well, my kids are gonna take care of me. I'm like, Well, did you have the talk with them about it? No. No, that's what I had them for. <laughs> yeah, I had them to take care of me. I my total my, my definition of it and how I look at it, I can't. I mean, I don't yeah. want my I don't want my daughter to I don't want to interrupt her life. That's more painful to me. That's why I have it. Well, if you've ever seen somebody just flippantly say, my kids are going to take care of me. And well, do you really, do you really know that? If you've ever
2: seen the stress though, and the impact it it, it has on a family on a caregiver, I think, oh my
1: gosh, caregivers. Yes. Yeah.
2: You would change your mind pretty quickly on that. I mean, I saw that with my grandfather (laughs) lived to 99 and he had long-term care. He had, um, the, well, you know, but at the home,
1: there. he's in the wheelchair chasing women. I mean, you know, it would have been tough for yeah. you to.
2: Well, but but the issue is, I mean, it, it goes so much deeper than <laughs> some things. I mean, you, you need somebody around the clock, and so now you're, you know, you're you're actually a manager. You're yep. ske- you're a scheduling manager, and you're calling people. And wait, this person can't be there now. You're HR, and you're doing so many different. You're wearing all these different hats, and it is difficult. And then if you have a, a non-indemnity plan, it's great. But what if you have to go in and do you know, get all the receipts, send them off, and beg for them to actually. Hey, you know, from a long-term care perspective, this is tough. I mean, it is, there's so many moving parts with this. that I think people uh, take for granted when you do have a really good plan or you have, you have something set up. And I just know, I don't want to put that burden on my kids. They, um, they don't realize it's a full-time job. It is. It is. It is absolutely a full-time job. And you know, you're typically when these events occur and they can happen at any time, but you know, when they do, a lot of times you have kids that are still working. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a life of their well, own. They have they have their own kids or grandkids. They're working with. We talk and, to them all the time, e- every day.
1: The stress. I you have, you have, p- uh, children that are taking care of their children and their parents. Those people do not need to be convinced that they need a long term care plan of some kind. They are like, please sign me up for whatever long term care plan I need, because they finally get it, and then. The children who have parents that did look forward and bought insurance and it worked, they're thankful that it's there. Yeah. So as we all live longer, children are finally getting firsthand view of how important it is to plan for long-term care because you're, you more, you're more apt to have some form of long-term disability or not being able to perform activities of daily living than you are dying. Look at people who have dementia, like my friend Johnny Crawford from The Rifleman, mm-hmm. right? He lived 10 years um, with dementia in a home. Very expensive. That's right. um, he Especially physically was, he, care, you know, I mean, it was just with COVID and everything else. I didn't even get a chance to see him because I was going to go out there in L- to LA during that whole period with COVID, um, but he was physically fine for a long time. Yeah this is ex- imagine if you're a caregiver or you have to pay for that service so not to keep beating this uh, long term care horse but it's important to think about it now medicare shifting gears here a little bit so talk let's talk a little bit about medicare part b premiums for next year danny yeah i
2: mean we're seeing a pretty significant increase you go from mm-hmm. uh, what is it 14050 right now or 60 to 170, 10, mm-hmm. that's a pretty substantial jump. And so everybody was really, you know, screaming from the rooftops that social security is given us great COLA cost of living adjustment. And then we see the Medicare adjustment come out right after that, like womp, womp, but it'll, it'll be good because it's not a much larger amount. However, um, you know, we are seeing healthcare costs increase. You know, we talked earlier in the show about, you know, having kind of segmenting each different goal or line item that you're going to have as an expense, and associating a different inflation rate with it. This is where it's important, right? Yes,
1: but here's my concern. So our inflation rate right now from the Kaiser Foundation for Medicare premiums is roughly about Mm 5.3%. Now with this 14.5% jump, I have to see if this is an anomaly or it continues for me to adjust it in the plans. Not sure yet. Yeah. But you have rising prices and utilization across healthcare systems. That drives higher premiums year over year. Um, lower the increase in, um, uh, what is this, Uh, additional contingency reserves. Also, obviously, there is this new Alzheimer's drug, (coughs) Algelam, that, and and, and then this is where people go, wait a minute, why is the cost of this drug in Part B? Mm -hmm. Shouldn't that be a Part D increase? But there is administration and so forth um, and projections that would go into the Part B physician services and so forth. So that's really another reason why you're seeing an increase in premium. The, the lesson here for people is to understand is Medicare is still the best deal compared to going on to the marketplace. Yeah. But prices go up dramatically. It's a bit of a sticker shock. Um, you've got to plan for those and you've got to make sure that the inflation rate you're using in your plan, in p- your plans are accurate um that takes some study analysis from different sources that i use like the atlanta fed and kaiser foundation which is a great source of healthcare information yep. especially trends in healthcare spending
2: well it's not just medicare that's seen increases mm-hmm. it's all across the board i mean we have mm-hmm. clients that are under 65 they're seeing their plans are are going up as yeah. well so it's it's a it's an all across the board deal here where we are seeing cost increase substantially and rather quickly so we do have to be pretty nimble when it comes mm-hmm. to increasing you know forecast for healthcare expenses and i think that that's going to be probably key here in the future as we continue to see the pandemic that and that may be why do you think this is why maybe we're seeing a lot, a big push with medicare advantage
1: Absolutely got to be right absolutely because Medicare Advantage doesn't inhibit my cash flows yeah I mean it doesn't now if you don't have a problem if I don't have a serious problem correct right and I have to figure out oh my gosh now Medicare Advantage is all-inclusive right William Shatner Joe Namath all JJ dynamite (laughs) I'm gonna get what I deserve dynamite Um, Medicare Advantage is very lucrative um, covers everything, right? You get dental, you get vision, you get, and uh, you get uh, silver sneakers. I might get a Fitbit, whatever it is. So, oh, you have no premium, Right? no deductibles. Joe Namath says no premium, no deductible. Joe Namath was the man. Let me tell you, he always had these. Forget it. Um, so <clears throat> you know where I'm going. Uh, now he's on Medicare. So, um. <laughs> it's hard for me. It's hard for me to see all my heroes touting Medicare. Yeah. Is he on well, Medicare or is he on Medicare Advantage? He, That's the key. Oh, do, you he, think, do you think oh, he you think he preached? I would love to pre- know. Yeah. I'm sure he's on Medicare Part B, uh, Medigap.
0: He's, he's, got on the bet- policy, he's on the better yeah. stuff.
1: I like when he goes, you're going to get what you deserve. When he said that in the locker room in the 70s, it meant something totally different um so it's just fun to watch them. i'm like i want to tell you uh i don't know i i don't know who's going to be next in my the stars that i love Is tom Selleck going to be promoting adult diapers i don't know who's next who's next brent who's next to be touting stuff betty white what who we got dolly tamale no christy it's christy brinkley starts doing Medicare Advantage, I'm not even coming into the office anymore. I'm done. I am totally done. You'll get what you deserve. She, I mean, she's a freak of nature. I think she's close to 65 years old. Sh- and she could sell ice to an Eskimo. She sure can, but she better not sell Medicare Advantage because then I am done. TV's going right out the window. Um, it's important to select the right insurance. And we, are, we do recommend Medigap, which pretty much resembles the kind of insurance you have at work. But Medicare Advantage, which is all inclusive, a lot less expensive in the short term, unless maybe you do have a serious illness and you'll have much more out of pocket. But more and more people, you look at the Kaiser Foundation numbers on Medicare Advantage, Danny, the popularity continues to explode because it is much more cost effective. People don't have the money. So if I have no deductible and I'm, or I'm going to spend four hundred bucks a year. I'll take that all day, Joe. Well, it, it, Danny we, Namath, we
2: have okay. seen those plans. They've adapted as well. What used to be only HMOs back in the day, we're seeing that now. There's actually PPOs right. that are Medicare Advantage. So right. there are some uh, some changes
1: that are positive. And they're adding a lot area. of things. They're adding, you know, they have teledoc that became important. Yeah. Mental health services for for seniors could be important, especially as pe- people become more isolated because here's the other issue you have with saying, i want to have my children take care of me when I'm old. Well, what if you don't have any? Right? Because we're seeing more and more single mm-hmm. older Americans, divorced older Americans, Americans getting divorced later in life. So they're going to need some sort of caregiver service That's right. uh, out there. But Medicare Advantage is just easier on the wallet um and it has a lot of stuff and a lot of bells and whistles and listen if i wasn't as schooled as i am in it 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 looks attractive doesn't it
2: very enticing yeah absolutely and so you just need Mm -hmm. to understand what you're getting versus you know and it it, medicare advantage let's face it it is the easier option because it typically Mm -hmm. is that all-inclusive and it does cover things that your original medicare does not cover right Right. typically i mean not always but we do see that it covers vision dental almost all of them hearing and
1: and you know when it comes to original Medicare, we they don't they're not concerned about your teeth or your eyes. Yeah, so you're gonna have to go out and buy those. It's kind of the a la carte type of strategy,
2: but it is typically better from a big picture perspective and God forbid something happens, you're gonna be thankful you have you, that you are. original Medicare.
1: Listen, go to Real Investment Advice, we have all new articles there. Sign up for Lance's daily commentary, it gets into your mailbox, it's really succinct, right to the point about what you need to know. December 9th, sign up at Real Investment Advice for our long-term care and I will t- workshop and I will tell you, we have a lot of exciting videos and workshops for next year. So stick with us in 2022. And I hope you all have a good weekend. We'll see you next week.
0: Where?